Hello and welcome once again to How to Pakistan. I have with me none other than Musharraf Zaidi. And today we are actually being really hip by doing this in a cafe because we're with it. <laughs> I don't know if you can call the Titar TV cold outdoor environment that we're sitting in a cafe, but we're being asked to. Heater? Agar la sakte to zindabad. Nah, then, then it's fine. Then I'm going to go to the Zindabad. Thank you so much. Thank you. Menu oh, oh, coffee to get here. Menu to get here. So, as you can see, we're, uh, uh, we're, this is basically we're trying to figure out uh, how to do how to Pakistan more frequently. Yes. And in at the drop of a hat. Exactly. At the yes. drop of a hat in environs that are not always going to be conducive to ideal sound. Because yes. you know that we're really picky about how ideal our sound is. How ideal our sound is. And now we must add that we have two great microphones that we need to use, that we actually have in-house, that can be used at any place, at any time, and get really, really high fidelity sound. Anyhow, so today what are we going to speak about? We are just going to discuss some of the new things that have happened in Pakistan. And it has been a Bugatti Veyron of happenings. Bugatti Veyron for you sort of uh, like uh, low-key plebs is, uh, I mean you Musharraf. Yeah, because my face is like, I, I, wish, I wish everybody could see my face. Uh, like Bugatti Nylon? Kya? Nylon. <laughs> what do you... <laughs> What are you saying? Ye bahut zabardast gaadi hai, theek hai na? Koi hazaar horsepower hai. It's the fastest car in the world. Bahut mehenga. Isn't like a new Civic like a thousand horsepower? Yes, yes. No, I'm seriously asking. How many horsepower is like a just to get a sense of like the, the difference? The new Civic here in Pakistan must be at least maybe 148 horsepower. And this is a thousand horsepower. This is a thousand horsepower. Main to fir bhi Hyundai le sakta. Hyundai le sakta. So anyhow, uh, we've had we've had Faisalabad. The occupation, the <laughs> surrender. <laughs> uh, it's funny that we're laughing about. We're it. laughing about it. Then we've had the recent court case with Jangir <laughs> Shireen and Imran Khan and Hudaybiyah. It's sad that we're laughing about that. We're sad. We're <laughs> laughing about that. So I mean, just quickly cycling through. I have to say, I on Faisalabad where you know Tariq Labek uh, alleging that the government is involved in blasphemy and having that protest i do think in some ways it was overblown and what i mean by that is that at its height across the country it was not in really really stretched estimates it was not more than 2500 2600 people So where it was a big deal is the fact that what it means for Pakistan 2 3 years down the line and someone once really explained it to me very concisely and very beautifully and it was uh, actually Marwi Sirmad and she said and and she said to, to me like this you know you diobandis and I was like yeah uh, <laughs> you guys have been you know leading Islam and being the militant side for about 40 years and said that there was a beauty to it and the beauty was is that you're maybe 20% it's not going to resonate with 80% of the country the difference now is that these guys don't have uh, they're not hardened terrorists they don't have that sort of background but what she was saying is that wherever they choose to take this in 
you've got 80% of the people who might give an ear to this and that the percentage of where things might go wrong. So this whole bulwark that we've had where the dominant representative was from a different end that may have not resonated. So that's sort of the fear. So I, I, I mean, the way I saw it and then the other thing is I also think that the way that it sort of grew into what it was in Fezabad, a thousand people, we've got like, we could have brought 11 cops to a person if we wanted. It wasn't a question of force. The problem of where it went from there is one is you've got a weak government, a weak government then things maybe without evidence that, you know, the army's behind this particular... Wait, 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 what do you yeah. mean without evidence? Have you not seen the video? No, There's no, a no. major general patting the cheek of one of the protesters saying, aren't we with you? I'm, oh, what, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, what, like, what... Did so, you not see the tweet from the DGISPR that, that equated a bunch of criminal thugs with the elected official government representing yeah. the republic? I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm looking for... I'm just trying to understand what your standard of evidence is. Because it sounds like, you sound like just a suck of Nassar right now. Just give me, give me, give me, give me, just give me a second. So you, you know like wrestling's fake, right? And when, when wait, you get, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Ultimate Warrior wasn't the man you no, thought no. he Randy, was. No, Randy, the Macho Man Savage, wasn't a real fighter? No, he was just... A Ricky the Dragon steamboat? Never, like, did that stuff that that he did? Like, no. What you... wait, no. wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. So, The Undertaker, that, that whole he's thing... He's not really dead. Wait. He's not really <laughs> like on Cinco de Mayo. He's not <laughs> celebrated all over Mexico. <laughs> what was that like, like? Like in Mexico, when you say the Undertaker, and they say "qué." <laughs> <laughs> no, this what? is no. Hold on a second. So the WWF or E? Yes. You know, it used to be the WWF. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know these like. Panda bear lovers kind of sued them. No, no, the doll, the dolphins had more pull than we thought, right? Like, yeah, seriously, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's like one of the Supreme Court cases. You do know one of the interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, so so anyhow, coming to uh, the reason hey, I bring up. Hey, your, uh, uh, your 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 chai tea is here. Yeah. I didn't realize how small this was. I'm gonna look so obnoxious drinking this. Like, I'm absolutely. Let me just make sure that we have a picture of you drinking this because I think that's an important part of what this podcast brings to the table. Yeah. Is uh, is specialness. The new pretensions. Yeah. Go ahead. Take so a sip. Mm. Okay. Fantastic. So anyhow, the reason I brought up the WWF was like at the point when these guys were assembling. Yeah. At that point, one could legitimately say that, you know, maybe there is, there isn't any backing because then you didn't have evidence. And I agree with you absolutely. Afterwards, when we saw that old thing with the, you know, general handing out the cash and um, the way it's played out since. But at that point, uh, you know, just about why they assembled, why the government wasn't been able to stop them. And the reasons are many, many. But this whole hand wringing about 
maybe how bad the situation was. Again, partly... Think, it sounds like you think it was exaggerated. I'll tell you why... Is this I, a retrospective view or did you feel the same way the day the surrender took place? Oh, the same way. But I'll tell you, no, I'll tell you what's the difference, right? So you were laughing at me the whole time. No, I wasn't. You see, I agreed with what you were saying. The difference was, is that um, how it's been painted is that, you know, these guys came in and they had this big fatah. And the whole point was that this was a controlled, you know, disorder that was brought upon to essentially weaken a government. And we've seen how it's playing out in terms of resignations now and a number of other things. The thing that got to me is that I do believe in the short run this can be controlled. The thing that really gets to me, however, is that we look into the past of, let's say, the establishment of the army and however they controlled. They had Nawaz Sharif, he was controlled for a while. He eventually grew wings. They had the MQM, they were controlled for a while. They grew wings. You had all these guys who've now banded into the TTP and elsewhere. They were controlled for a while. They've grown wings. I also believe that they actually think that they can control these guys for whatever ends you need them right now. However, we've known that each time that there's been an intervention to create a force that's there to destabilize a sitting government, they eventually metastasize. So, and that's why I think, like, in the near term, my only sort of objection is, is in the near term, I don't think they're as powerful. But I do think three years down the line, we're going to be thinking and we're going to be remembering, oh, wait, remember that guy who was just sending out radio programs with his own you know frequencies there was a time where Fazlullah was a joke yeah. and there were people who were saying that wait this is going to become a problem and then everyone said look don't look at it we've got nuclear bombs we've got XYZ and so, so my only point of departure is that today they could have been brushed aside incredibly easily we can, we've got the power, we've got the power to contain them a year, but three, five years down the line, I don't think we know what we've unleashed in these guys. <coughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, I guess to your point about temporal solutions and longer arc disjointedness, I would say this. My single biggest challenge as somebody who works in development uh, and has done for a long time, um, I don't like using that term, but basically a lot of the work that I've engaged in in public policy has been from either directly related to or in some way involving uh, a, a, an international assistance framework, a donor. And my single biggest criticism of this paradigm that I myself am uh, very much a part of is that donor agencies appoint uh, lead country reps and they appoint governance advisors and healthcare advisors and education advisors and program managers and deputy program managers and all of these different positions that that uh, technical uh, assistance heads chief technical advisors uh, team leaders chief of parties deputy yeah. chief of party all these positions these are all temporal and most of the time the temporalness is related to their tenure which tends to be three years yeah that's kind of a 
an average when the security situation went belly up in Pakistan in 2008-9 uh, you know it kind of uh, it kind of shortened a lot of donors were posting people for one plus one postings or one plus two postings or two plus one postings but generically globally the aid world thinks in three year bursts and yeah. the problem with this is that no two people's three-year burst is simultaneous and so there's three-year bursts happening all the time at different times yeah and so when a development project is conceived it's usually not I would say 90% of the time the the bases the theory of change that drives the the intervention is actually really solid it's based on international experience is based on a degree or modicum of understanding of the local context and it's 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 suppositions and assumptions are broadly acceptable the problem is that if a new guy comes in 6 months later then everything you know changes and everything starts from scratch yeah and in many ways perhaps the repetitiveness of the strategic failure of this country's deep state or its military or intel military or or civ mil establishment whatever you know however you want to characterize it the fact that we keep producing these epic long arc failures that seemed like good ideas at the time is maybe rooted in the fact that every posting of every general or every major or every colonel or every uh or every additional secretary yeah. or dg that all of these things are temporal they're three year postings and so what happens is that every guy that comes in is really only concerned about success from the time they get posted to that role to the time that they're not in that going to be in that role anymore mm. and in those frameworks these ideas are great i mean maybe there was a time in the early 90s where the conception of an let was actually a genuinely brilliant idea from an operational and tactical standpoint and you could only think in terms of operations and tactics because the guy that came up with the idea was going to get promoted or posted out yeah. a year or two years down the line or three years down the line as as the case may be and 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 the reason you have sustained cumulative failure in almost every sort of short term intervention in the long run is because nobody really cares about the long run. John Maynard Keynes said in the long we're run all we're all dead. Yeah. And lo and behold, in the long run, we really are dead. We yeah. have strangled ourselves with strategic death instead of strategic depth yeah. by the concurrence and the accumulation of good quote unquote good ideas in the short run that that asphyxiate us in the long run. I agree. That's a uh... great way of putting it i actually remember the first time i understood the context of what john maynard keynes said actually and his whole point was that if you leave it to the market that in the long run it'll self correct and that that process of self correction has a hugely optimistic time frame which normally takes and when it was applied in the case of let's say functional inequality between west and east pakistan it would have been Two, three hundred years before that sort of spillover that they anticipated would have happened, and so you know, I, I, I've often thought um, that that particular explanation is a great one. That in the long run, we're all dead. But then, from that standpoint, Fussy, what I guess the next logical, and again, I think this would be a point where we would get in a few experts and academics to to talk to us about this. But as a as a starting point, wouldn't it then make sense that 
the answer then is not necessarily, we don't know necessarily what the answer is to yeah. Tariq al yeah. But we do know that if there was an intervention at point X that seemed like a good idea, yeah. and that very intervention at T plus N point yeah. today seems like a bad idea, then one of the things that's missing is that there weren't enough interventions between then and now, and that constant intervention, yeah. I don't mean military and civilian affairs, I yeah. mean projectizing, yes. right? Like whether it's a development project or it's a healthcare project or it's a road project, that constant monitoring and evaluation and constant engagement, which is I think what Keynes is saying, right? Yes. Is that the the there is no invisible hand. The hand needs to be visible, yeah. it needs to have fingerprints, you need to be able to track those fingerprints and, and it needs to be gripping at something all yeah. the time. And now here's I think so why I think this example you've just given, I'm actually uh, I'm fascinated by it because I also think like it might sound trite if we say we need to put an M&E function, but that M&E function comes back to a top-tier aspect of what makes politics possible, which is ultimately transparency. Because it's not an M&E cannot be done unless you've stated object, uh, objectives. The other thing is also is that some, if not most, of these particular interventions are done in the gray space of things that are not monitored at all or they're monitored only across a chain great where <laughs> the great traffic where like and the way that you'd obviously stop this is that you'd have the checks and balances which is also to do this and that's not being done anymore because we've got these huge silos of both institutions even in politics where there's a lot of things where there needs to be more scrutiny but the interesting thing, I, I, I did think one thing about this particular instance, and I've heard this a lot, right? In some of the push for maybe trying to explain Tariq al and all that is also something broader which we see in the Supreme Court uh, in the way that it's reaching out to people by saying this is why we're doing it, that you have expectations. We talk a lot about the deprivation in Pakistan, right? And I Do think... We? No, maybe not enough, but there is there is a way of like if you watch TV at night. Yeah. What do we talk about? We say But I think it's also important to fork that somewhat. There is deprivation in this country. But what is greater than that? Because there are some things that have happened. Poverty has fallen. Yeah. Education is rising. Yeah. Right? There's um and I'll talk about this one interesting study also. But the sense of deprivation is in some ways outsized. Some of it has to do with also a belief in what is the trajectory that is almost prophesized for this nation. That we've, we feel that we've been robbed, that we don't have agency, that foreign powers are involved. That's why the foreign power argument sometimes, like I find I'd like to dismiss it because sometimes what it means is that it means a room with no mirrors. Mm. Um, so I, I, I do think that, you know, that's important because, again, like when it comes to, let's say, now that we're talking about a certain kind of justice and, and what you do with that is that when you fork deprivation from the sense of deprivation, the sense of deprivation tends to be so outsized that it is the one that you find the most pernicious forms of populism that, you know, you, whether it's in terms of a dharna, whether it's in terms of... You know, one so I think we need to connect yeah. a couple of things here. I think I would take exception to your characterization of deprivation as being outsized. Um, 
only to make a point. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Which is that I, I think there is, because you acknowledge that there is deprivation, then the conceptualization or the, or the quantification of it or the characterization of it as being outsized is an interesting one, right? Yeah. Because basically what you're saying is there is deprivation. I don't know if there's as much deprivation as the sense of deprivation. Yeah. And I guess what I would say is, one, if we flip that around then and we try and see why is there any sense of deprivation? Yeah. Let's say a person has one roti. Yeah. And you and I have 30 rotis. Yeah. And what you're saying is poverty has fallen, i.e. there's at least that other, do at least he has one roti. Yeah. Which is, and, and so if he's screaming and yelling, we're saying, hey man, that's a little bit outsized because bro, you have one roti. But if you turn it around, and you say, that dude, maybe 25 years before today, which is like the mid-90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. So early early to mid-90s. Yeah. Wow, we're so old. Yeah. Okay. So this maybe back then he couldn't see the pile of rotis that we have. Yeah. And for whatever reason, technological innovation, uh, you know, the Murphy's, not Murphy's Law, but there's a law by which you can store more data like it's a... Oh, you know, Moore's Law. Moore's Law, that's yeah. not Murphy's Law. Yeah. So, you know, Moore's Law and, and a whole bunch of other things have basically led to a situation in which the guy with one roti versus the people with 30 rotis, he can see those 30 rotis. And because he can see them, he also feels like, hey, man, I should have 30 rotis. And you're saying, and I know you're not saying that, but I'm just, I'm just using you as a, as a prop here. Yeah, yeah. You're saying, hey... That dude's got one roti, yeah. and, and so his sense of deprivation is, is a little bit outsized. That dude's saying, dude, I deserve and I'm entitled to 30 rotis just like you, and maybe 31. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And, and, and so I don't think we've actually dealt with deprivation and poverty in terms of the public discourse in this country at all. Yeah. We use it as a device. Wealthy people or if not wealthy, people who are doing okay, who have more than they need, like you and I, yeah. we use poverty and deprivation as an instrument of conversation and engagement without really dealing with it. How many shows have we done, like how many of these podcasts have we done on poverty? Yeah. On, on really trying to get to the bottom of poverty? Yeah. Very few. Right? Yeah. But how many times have we mentioned the two words Supreme Court in the same podcast? We've done exclusive shows on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, our, and that's and our obsession with, like, these right. institutions, right? Yeah. Civ mill imbalance, yeah. Supreme Court autonomy. These are, you know, when you've eaten too much and you need to go on a no-carb diet is yeah. when you're worried about institutions. Yeah. The people who were at Fezabad, and I'm not giving them, I'm not legitimizing their, yeah. their actions but in any way, and I'm not suggesting that we don't understand deprivation or poverty. Yeah. Uh, it's not an accusation. But I do think that the concern for institutions and the concept of surrender, the concept of the great shining republic that you and I are invested in, yeah. is, not, is not as clear or as coherent for people who are really genuinely struggling on a roti-to-roti -roti basis. So here, now, so I want to explain what I meant by that also, because, again, the number... But you number, know that I'm, I'm not accusing you. No, no, I know that, I know that. But let me put it this way, right? Now, let's look at it in this particular fashion. You talk to people and then there is a sense that, you know, we're being let down and we are being let down in multiple ways. However, at the same point, um, if you find that, 
you ask people, do you get healthcare? And they say, you know, we get nothing, we get zero. And that there is actually a, the government spends zero on this. I forget which province it was, but I took out a per capita and it was something like 15,000 rupees per person. Then when we talk about that, you know, this can be solved overnight, for example, and we don't realize that we've got a shortage of, let's say, 100,000 doctors that takes X number of years to produce. You can't, the only way you could get those doctors in is by bringing it in from the neighbors. That's not happening and that won't happen because of other issues. Now, the point I'm trying to make is that the articulation of the whole corruption narrative, the, the, the state does absolutely nothing for its people. They've discounted, you know, whatever tattered um, services that we do get. In terms of what we're talking about, it being outsized, is that is it rooted in some kind of actual understanding of what you have and what you haven't got? And then the people who do the articulation are the people who are, say, a middle class, the media, all that. Because right now, Fezabad when we were talking about X number of poor people who actually went out on an issue, which again, by the way, in Fezabad, if we're trying to look at deprivation as the cause that drove them, it was fundamentally an ideological issue. It was an issue that was based on something that was very dear to them, which, by the way, is also classless. How many McKinsey or Telenor employees at the Dharna? None. Uh, how, many, how many guys how many, work at a bank? Yeah, how many people online who were in those organizations. I've seen so many people. They were like, yeah, if they no, are no, going to make a change. Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah, they're well, going to make change. No, that's no. different. Hold on. Yeah. See, again, so so to me, Fussy, here's, here's the thing. Have you ever missed a, a janaza because of work? Yes. So have I. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that listen to the podcast can relate to this. Sometimes you can't get out of work. Yeah. I, these dudes spent... 22 days sitting on a bridge you think you think they have a job and and more importantly you think they have a job they're so committed to that they would miss a janaza or a birthday or a birth or a death or a birthday a or, 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 or an anniversary no, no, no. There, which is things that we miss all the time for work. Do, it's not uh, just work I do agree. there's another level when you and I there's work there's also Fussy, another economy hold on but there's, there's when you a and whole I work, shrine economy John, there's Jabka, a whole when, group Right, there is a whole different parallel economy for which you've got people. You're not getting all these people, right? If we're talking about like, why do you have langars? Why do you have X, Y, Z? Because that is part of also the transfer that you do when you're not being paid for something. And there is a certain no. But what country do we want to live in where every Pakistani can 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 be can potentially be a designer at Apple? Yes or no? Like absolutely that, right. Yeah, and so. And, and being a designer at Apple or being Fassi Zaka or being Musharraf Zaidi, right? Yeah. Being, and I'm not equating us to the brilliant people at yeah. Apple, but just saying you have this pride in your work. Yeah. You have this engagement, this investment. It's not just about the money. The money is there, but there's yeah. also this commitment to doing the job and to doing the job well right. and to making, make, making but yourself But you don't think those guys were doing exactly that at Fezabad? Drone army, bro. There's no, no, there's no, no, you, there's no, no, there's no, no art to sitting no, on a bridge look, 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 right now, listening to talking, a dude spew, spew. These are no, Trump no, no, voters. No, no, They're no, not, no, they don't know what look, it's like we, to walk we, into we, the to the office we, and feel we, yeah, a jolt have, of energy. Have have, look, I would suggest is that if you're saying that there is a rational incentivization for these guys, that there's a sense of deprivation, 
right? There is, right? And at the same time that they're invested in this in particular as, I mean, we might not think it's a career, we might not think, but, but it is also a source. This is also a job well done in terms of what you're aiming to do in the future. Like if you feel that your particular brand of faith is predicated on this and it was under threat some way, you're also going out to do it. And if it is part and parcel of whatever economy you're in. I'm saying we can't divorce the two. So I'm not attempting to divorce the two, but I think that too many, too many people with 30 rotis yeah. invest too much in the whole ideological sort of aspect of this because that's the only one that they can conceive of because they're they're on on the hierarchy of actualization yeah. they're they're at a level in that mountain yeah. that is so far from the bottom that they can't even see all the way down and so it's about ideas but i really th- th- this is not about ideas this is about power this is about it is. It a is. certain kind of narrative and it's global yeah. right it's not what i found fascinating about khadim Hussain is being, yeah is his use of invective and pejorative yeah. as an instrument of engagement. You know, he's not using the foul language that he uses because he can't control himself. He's using the foul language that he uses as an instrument of channeling the rage yeah. of, of people sitting there. And because the honor of the Prophet yeah is something we can all get behind yeah. and are all invested in. It's a vessel for that rage that is above being impugned. It's above being questioned. In the Pakistani discourse, heck, for me personally, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not engaging with that argument because yeah. the, the honor, the finality, the, 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 the concept of, of, of prophethood, yeah. the vaqar, right, is so high and, and so beyond any discussion it's not open to debate. Yeah. The the Barilvi awakening yeah. and the Barilvi aggression in this country so here's is my pure question. genius, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. You so, can't so here's my you question. can't touch this okay, baby. So here's my question. You're there at Fezabad. If we said now we're talking about deprivation and sense of deprivation. There were packaged, o- packaged there were only twenty six hundred people in this country that are deprived? No, that's uh, I think well, clever, and you know that's not the argument that I'm making. But of course not. No, no, no. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. Look, we, we have. Look, we've got a. Uh, let me to, of, let me yeah. flip that around. Yeah. So you're saying that only 2,600 people love the prophet enough to be there? No, everyone else didn't think that something happened that was actually being articulated. Uh, just and, now, you said the, the Telenor did. guys, the Telenor guys. Uh, no, no, I, I they hate did. to pick on Telenor. Yeah. Let's use Vared and and, uh, and all the Mobilink. other ones, Mobilink and yeah. the other one. Zong, yeah, and, and Ufone. Yeah. Yeah. Just just so that nobody thinks that we're yeah. you know, we're not against any telecom provider, we're yeah. not for them. Although we both use the same provider, we yes. won't say we, yeah. we won't say which. So yeah. just now you said that they supported them. So yeah. the question is there were people who support the people at Fezabad, yeah. but they weren't at Fezabad. Yeah. And I'm saying so, the Delta so, 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 the Delta is deprivation no, and you're saying it's exactly, ideological. Exactly, right? You said the Delta is deprivation. So the guy Telenor is deprived? No. I'm saying that the guy at Telenor has enough so that he can just feel satisfied tweeting or Facebooking uh, status updating right. in, in some kind of quasi-support, right? right? The educated but committed Muslim yeah. who, is, who, who, who hates Nawaz Sharif yeah. for everything that he represents yeah. and who, who kind of gets what Khadim Hussain is again, saying. The reason the, he's not at Fezabad, the, the guy, reason he's not at Fezabad is 
yeah. non-deprivation. Right. He's got a job. So he doesn't need to be at Fezabar. So in Pindi and everywhere, yeah. there are deprived people, right? Yes. And 50 rupees for, uh, you know, cable at your house. They understood on TV. They saw it was happening. They didn't go to join. It was cold. <laughs> right? The Pindi... Okay, you, so, 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 okay, I, I, so, so we've, so we've framed so, the debate. So the, there, there's two the, debates. The only thing I'm saying is that putting it down to deprivation as the root cause of why you I'm have I'm not saying there's only people. one. I don't think you're saying there's only one. I agree. I agree. And I, I don't think I'm saying there's and only that's, one. That's also the point I'm trying to make. Because one of the reasons I bring this up is because I also think that in terms of how we debate, in terms, I also think in terms of what we get from the state in this country is massively discounted by everyone. Listen, one of the things that... Da, 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 yeah. Come on, come on, come on now. Hold on. Absolutely. Hold on. Yeah. It's a pretty simple concept. Yeah. Give somebody a Corolla and, and a platinum card yeah. and a feeling that they don't have to worry about what's coming to them tomorrow. Yeah. Along with something to do that is connected to possess possessing those things, yeah, and they won't be at Fazabad. Is all I'm saying. Hmm. Notwithstanding that, ideologically, people on various uh, po- points at the spectrum, uh, the economic spectrum, will have the same political views. Hmm. The question is, how do you prevent them from collecting at Fazabad and disrupting national life? Hmm. Right. If that's the debate. Yeah. Now, if the debate is, where is our society going? Yeah. There is so much extremism. Then yeah. that's a different debate. And yeah. it's a legitimate debate and we should have that. Yeah. But neither was Fezabad purely informed by violent extremism, nor was Fezabad purely informed by deprivation, yeah. nor, in fact, was Fezabad purely informed by the machinations of Shabazz Sharif yeah. and his people in Lahore who let them go there, nor was it fueled by some kind of conspiracy led by Captain Zafdar, nor... As difficult as it is, as, as it is to say, yeah. was it fueled by the Pakistan military? You know what it, it was fueled by? What? <laughs> a vacuum, right? Is I I actually believe that every time we've left space, it's human nature. Anyone who wants something will occupy that. Yeah, space. I think we're at hundred percent agreement. If you had a coherent prime minister and a yeah. government that was self-confident and exactly. knew what it was doing, you wouldn't have had this problem. Because yeah. actually, for the first few days, this crisis was managed well. Yes. it wasn't being covered by the national press. It was done properly. It was yeah. it was done really well. It was just that it spun out of control because yeah. after day after day after day, yeah. people in the media got tired of ignoring it. Yeah. And when push came to shove, who, nobody knew who to turn to. Is Shabash Sharif running the country? Yeah. Is Asim Iqbal running the country? Is a major at the ISI running the country? Is the army chief running? Nobody knows. Yeah. And so Khadim Hussain Rizvi was like, hey, guess what? I'm running this country. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing. Why I also bring up, I find this interesting, is, uh, yeah, I, I also find this is, this is almost a segue, right? But, I mean, I, sometimes I was talking to somebody and and we were talking again about deprivation, right? And one of the things that really gets to me sometimes is the fact that you and I receive a subsidy on petrol. Right? Do we? Yeah, yeah. There's a subsidizing effect. Less so today, right? But even in our electricity... Gasoline bills, in Pakistan tends yeah. to be among, uh, sold for quite, quite cheaply yeah. relative to yeah. other places, yes. Yeah, but, but they do tend to 
subsidize it that whenever there's a price jump that happens because they don't want inflation to go out of control. And why it's a bad instrument is because it happens to benefit people like us. Because you can't There's a I whole see, economic debate about, about dead weight loss and everything that I, yeah. I don't want to get into. But uh, fine. I saying, accept your point. Okay. Right? And then sometimes they say, is like, again, if we're really going to do this, one of the tools at our disposal is something like the Benazir Income Support Program. You're going to have to do a cash transfer to the most vulnerable who will have both sense of deprivation and very real economic problems. So I and then what I find is that at least from, say, a middle class or an aspiring class is that you almost get a, you know, sort of a, a Republican that, you know, handouts are really bad and whatever and X, Y, Z. And actually, then what you do also find is that in terms of class consciousness, the competing elements that, you know, of the aspiring one who also feels a sense of deprivation. I even think our upper class feels a sense of deprivation, right? There's stuff that they've seen elsewhere that they would really like. But again, like what you were saying is, um, where is it most? What I find is that the articulation by the media in Pakistan, it's, it's just too, you know, it's too hammy. It's in a way that it doesn't describe. Yeah, but what the media is. Everywhere is a problem, right? No, no, but I'm yeah. saying the media is also a reflection. I think, you know, when we complain about these institutions, they're, they're a reflection of the society that they're a part of. This is not like a high IQ society, bro. Like, we're not. No, we're the fourth most intelligent nation. Didn't you get the <laughs> survey results? <laughs> I mean, look, no, you know, you Whoever have made massive... up that survey, right? I, I kind of have a bone to pick with them is that if you were going to make up a number, you could have put us at number two. No, I think four was, was deemed to be more believable. Is, is probably I, I what, he was probably right. It's probably, uh, yeah. actually, and actually, if I was to, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, if you've traveled around the world a little bit, you, you discover that the world is full of really dumb people. So actually, Pakistan being fourth, I don't see that as a prize. I see that as an insult. Why aren't we first? Like, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the world? Yeah. People elected Donald Trump. People yeah. Brexited. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I mean, look next door. Fascist that they elected uh, next door. So, look, I think, Fussy, you know, this debate about, you know, you mentioned the Benazir Income Support Program. The cash grants there are in the hundreds of rupees. They barely, you know, I think 1,500 yeah. rupees uh, yeah. is, is the highest uh, yeah. bracket. No, but that's that's not saying. a serious we need, conversation. We need about, to grow about, this. Yeah, this like if you want tool. real social protection, we yeah. should be talking about a universal basic income. Yeah. We should be looking at figures like twenty five thousand rupees a month. Yeah. You know, and then you st- and that and that starts to pinch at all, 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 all in all kinds of ways, right? Yeah. But but if you want to challenge deprivation, ultimately, the, again, I would say that social uh, protection and conditional or non conditional cash transfers represent kind of the reaction it's the first step of responding to a crisis yeah. but you have to connect it's it's like the three-year development project or the three-year posting uh, of major basharat right yeah. like you gotta you gotta think about when basharat is gonna be a lieutenant general you know 16 18 19 21 years from now yeah what's gonna happen between now and 21 years so for example Pakistan's gonna go from 208 million 
to 350 million yeah. potentially, right? Yeah. And when it's at 350 million, it's big cities that are in total crisis mode right now yeah. with no instrument of governance for them yeah. are going to grow from being between 5 and 10 million to being between 10 and 25 million, yeah. right? Your urban infrastructure, like Metro Bus or Orange Line, is not going to be the debate. The debate is going to be the 18 shades of Orange Line yeah. and, and the 25 versions of the Metro Bus yeah. and how, like, above the, the ground level in Lahore, there's too many layers of... of, of of flyovers, yeah. right? Pollution and climate yeah. change. And those debates are not nobody nobody nobody's dealing with them. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you said about Fezabad. Fezabad took place because there was a leadership vacuum in this country. Yeah. There is a there is a there is a leadership vacuum at the intellectual level in this country as well. Yeah. And it's costing and it has cost us, and it will keep costing us. The levels of malnutrition, stunting, and yeah. wasting in this country. Forget about the education crisis, yeah. which is which is my day job. It's by the time a kid at the age of five gets to be part of the cohort that needs to be in school, yeah. you've already, in, in, in maybe half the cases in this country, you've already destroyed the kid's future. Yeah. You've deprived that kid's mother of the kind of diet that she needed to have while she was pregnant. Yeah. That she should have had, uh, you know. So, so fifteen hundred bees through BISP, mm. or a debate about you know deprivation caused triggered by you know our our whining about Fezabad yeah. is not really you know the, the bursting of the dam yeah. uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I, I hate to end it at a on a on a, on a sad note, but uh, but that's my story. Yeah. So anyhow, um, once again. We're going to be back soon. We're going to be doing more of this and hopefully more outside here. It's really cold. We should have sat next to it. Can I, can, I just, can I just invite some input from our listeners? Yes. There's a beautiful picture of the Honorable Fasizaka that I have posted. Yes. He's got a can of hairspray in his hands. Now, I possess a video of what happened next. Yes. And I'm trying to convince Fasi through public pressure that I should be allowed to post that video. So once Fussy allows me to post it, I will post it. If listeners would like to see the video, they are welcome to find the picture and <laughs> respond to it and convince Fussy Lala that it is a good thing, an honorable and virtuous thing for him to allow the publication of that video. So... <laughs> <laughs> you want me to delete that out? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. <laughs> All right, guys. See you soon. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. Khuda Hafiz. Goodbye and see you soon. I'm English. I'm going to say goodbye.